Welcome to the first episode of the Modern Aikidoist Podcast. I want to talk today about where Aikido is right now and, and where it's going. Any living thing is either growing or it's dying, and a martial art is no different than, than any other art. So, is Aikido been evolving or has it been devolving? This is a big point of contention among Aikido practitioners and has caused some heated debates. A good question to consider is where is Aikido right now and does it need any improvement? The answer for many longtime Aikido practitioners is no, there's nothing wrong with Aikido. It does not need to be modernized or have any innovation brought into it, and they're very happy with where it is right now. Unfortunately, Aikido has earned a bad reputation among the rest of the martial arts world. It is not perceived as useful for self-defense at all. In fact, many of you Aikido as a laughingstock in the martial arts world. This reputation is a shame because a sensei and his, many of his primary students were superb martial artists who never failed to impress whenever they crossed paths with other martial artists or entertained challenges. It seems we have quite a bit of work to do to restore Aikido's effectiveness. To do that, we really need to be in the right mindset, and I'm reminded of a story that I heard quite a while ago about Koichi Tohei when Osensei sent him to the United States to spread Aikido to the U.S. It's interesting, the landscape after World War II, the Japanese and the Americans, uh, there was obviously a bit of bad blood there. The Japanese largely were resentful of the American occupation. And I'm sure they didn't really, weren't keen on sharing their martial art and their heritage with the Americans. The story I was told of Tohei's experience, and pardon me for paraphrasing this, it's been a while since I've heard this story. <clears throat> but upon returning to Japan, uh, many of the Japanese were asking Tohei about his experience of teaching the American students. And what he shared was that he was rather surprised when American students would ask him why something was the way that it was, why a technique worked and, and specifics about it, uh, which was something a Japanese student would never do. You would never question your sensei. You would never challenge what you were shown. You would merely be quiet, watch, and try to copy what you were shown. Tohei perceived strengths and weaknesses to each, each approach. With the Americans, he admired the inquisitiveness and the passion for getting to a deeper level of understanding as quickly as possible. But he saw the weakness of the American approach was that when the Americans were described what they should be doing, they tended to avoid doing the reps. They, they kind of wanted a shortcut. Whereas the Japanese were very dedicated. They would do thousands and thousands of repetitions, even if they really didn't understand the repetitions they were doing. Tohei felt that the perfect student would be a combination of the American and the Japanese approach, where the student was inquisitive, engaged, wanted to understand very deeply what he was doing, the important aspects of the techniques that he was learning, and then having the discipline of the Japanese student to use many repetitions to burn that in and make them a very strong practitioner. What I've described is how you approach your training. But then there's the subject of what exactly you're training and what the goals are that you're trying to achieve through your practice of Aikido. There seems to be three primary camps of people within the Aikido community. And Mark McYoung, who is a, an author about self-defense and <clears throat> real-world violence, uh, puts it in, in these terms. He calls the first group the granola eaters, uh, which is... A humorous term, but these kind of describe the Aikidoists who are very much the pacifist mindset. They tend to approach their Aikido as a meditation or as a movement practice, maybe a bit of light exercise, but, but firmly argue that Aikido is not about fighting. It's not about self-defense. It will not nor is never meant to be a martial art. 
The second group he describes are the what he calls the style Nazis. Uh, you could view these as technicians, the ones who are very dedicated to every precise movement of technique. Their interest seems to be <clears throat> on a very high level of precision of their technique with very little focus of practicality in terms of a self-defense situation. And the third group he describes are what he calls guys who can bend you into a pretzel, and usually because they have other arts that they bring into their Aikido to make him extremely potent and effective. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of these three approaches. The first approach of the people that like the meditative and the movement aspect of Aikido or treat it as an exercise, it's great for them to be able to get moving, <clears throat> uh, get on the mat, work out their bodies, work out their minds, use it as the meditative practice that it can do so well. However, Aikido is a martial art. And to have a practice that purely involves a, a mental aspect with a little bit of movement would really make it no different than taking up salsa lessons or, or any kind of a dance or any kind of a physical activity, golf, tennis, anything like that. Good for the body, good for the mind. As for the technicians, sure, it's even great to really focus on how to precisely do technique, but you can get that level of technical focus with anything such as woodworking, learning to play the guitar or the piano, any of these other arts can give you that mental focus and intent. Even things like yoga can give you the body focus and body intent. So what those things lack is what's in the third category, which is how to put Aikido to use in an application form when you need it for self-defense. And I'm going to be blunt here and say that the attitude or the statement that Aikido is not practical, that it's not designed for self-defense, that it's not designed to be a functional martial art, is hurting Aikido and hurting Aikido's reputation. The more it marginalizes itself into some other form, the less it will stand alongside other potent martial arts. That seems to me to be a betrayal of the legacy of Osensei and what he envisioned Aikido to be. Within the martial arts community in the world, especially Japanese martial arts, the river of respect runs very, very deep. And Aikido is no different. The respect for Osensei and what he was capable of has is, is, uh, got a deep, deep level of respect. But the question comes, at what point do you continue to innovate and change and bring new things into Aikido without running into the fear of showing disrespect to Osensei and what he taught. I think a lot of students are caught in the trap of thinking that they have to do exactly what their teacher tells them and only what their teacher tells them. And this, in a way, limits the student's ability over time. The instructor acts as a guide, but is not everything. The student will learn far more than the teacher shows. I don't have Osensei's quote in front of me, but I recall reading that he did say that he felt Aikido needed to continue to grow, to innovate, adapt as time went on. Frankly, I don't think Aikido overall has been doing that. I think it has tried very, very hard to preserve Osensei's tradition as closely as possible, and in doing so has faded over time since his passing. This is especially true now in our modern times where we're 
the martial arts are experiencing an incredible revolution in the last 20 or 30 years. Not only do we have a big resurgence of modernized arts such as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but we have new arts such as Krav Maga and other combination arts that are proving to be very, very effective. These arts flourish because they adapt. They become relevant, powerful, potent, and effective. And that's what makes an art live over time. So what can we do to affect a positive change, both in ourselves and what we want from our Aikido, and then also in Aikido itself? I think like Tohei observed about Japanese and American students, the answer lies in a bridge between the old school, the traditional, and modernizing, learning from other sources that have got great techniques that are efficient, effective, and still abide by the principles of Aikido of not doing any unnecessary harm. If we take the traits of the old school, the benefits of loyalty, of dedication, of guidance from your instructor, as well as the new school of experimentation, innovating, learning from other sources, without pride or ego, just a passion to put together the very best martial art that you can have for yourself. I think that's where we can find some great gains in Aikido. I could go into a lot more depth and detail, but I think for now this is a pretty good wrap-up point. Uh, one thing I wanted to address here is you may ask yourself, well, why do a podcast like this <clears throat> instead of yet another video showing techniques? I love techniques. I love people when they put up videos to share how they do their techniques. I love seeing that stuff. But I wanted to try something a little different. Partially, I do have a bit of an old school uh, perspective in the fact that I think people learning from videos, uh, martial arts, you have to do it on the mat. Learning from videos is just not as effective. However, we are in an internet age where sharing ideas is very valuable. And the reason I wanted to do this podcast was that we can use this medium to share the ideas. Sharing ideas builds your mind, and your body is led by your mind. Let's work on restoring Aikido's potency and capabilities together.